Ahoy there! Welcome back to the Bible Pirate Advent Calendar. My name is Matt Valor. This is Day 5. Jacob lived in Canaan, in the land through which his father had travelled. Jacob's favourite son was called Joseph, and he had a special cloak made for him. Once Joseph had a dream and told his brothers. We were binding the sheaves in the field, he said. Suddenly, my sheaf stood up tall and straight, and your sheaves gathered around and bowed down to mine. Are you serious? his brothers responded. You're going to rule over us. His brothers hated him even more. Then he had another dream. The sun, the moon and eleven stars were bowing down to me, he said. What is this dream? said Jacob. Do you seriously think that I and your mother and all your brothers will bow to the ground before you? His brothers envied him. But his father stored these words like an intriguing treasure one keeps and returns to wonder at. When Jacob was living in the Hebron Valley in southern Canaan, Joseph's brothers went north to Shechem to pasture their father's flock. Then Israel sent Joseph to bring him back a report on them. His brothers saw him in the distance as he approached Dothan. Look, here comes the Lord of Dreams, they said to each other. Let's kill him and throw him into one of these pits. Then we can say that a wild animal tore him apart. Let's see what becomes of his dreams then. Reuben heard this. Don't spill blood, he said. We don't need to take his life. Throw him into this pit here, but don't harm him. He planned to rescue Joseph later and take him back to their father. So when Joseph arrived, they stripped him of his special cloak and threw him in the dry, empty pit. As they sat down to eat, they saw a caravan of Ishmaelites on their way from Gilead, with camels carrying resins to trade in Egypt. Judah said, What plunder is there from killing our brother and hiding his blood? Let's sell him to the Ishmaelites. We don't need to lay a hand on him. He is our brother, after all. But then some Midianite traders passed by, hauled Joseph out of the pit, and sold him to the Ishmaelites for twenty pieces of silver. And they took Joseph to Egypt. When Reuben returned to the pit and saw that Joseph was no longer in it, he tore his clothes in grief. He returned to his brothers. The boy is gone, he cried. What can I do? So they slaughtered a young goat and dipped the special cloak in its blood. Then they took it to their father and said, We found this. Do you recognise it? Is it Joseph's? 
It is my son's, wailed Jacob. A wild animal has torn him apart and eaten him. And Jacob tore his clothes and put on sackcloth undergarments and mourned his son for many days. His sons and daughters tried to comfort him, but he refused to be consoled. I shall die in sorrow, he said. Meanwhile, the Midianites had sold Joseph to Potiphar, one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard. Judah left his brothers and settled northwest of Hebron, in the foothills near an Adulamite named Hira. He married the daughter of Shua, the Canaanite, and she became pregnant and birthed a son to him that she named Ur. She then birthed another son she named Onan, and then another she called Shelah. Judah took a wife for his eldest son, Ur. Her name was Tamar. But Ur was evil in Yahweh's eyes, so Yahweh had him killed. Judah then instructed Onan, It is your duty as a brother to take his wife, so that she can give you children on his behalf. This was the ancient custom by which a man must ensure his deceased brother's house continued. But since Onan knew that any children born would not be considered his, he would withdraw early. This ensured his brother would not have an heir, which was also evil to Yahweh. So he had Onan killed as well. Then Judah said to Tamar, Go back to your father's house and live as a widow until my younger son, Shelah, comes of age. He was afraid that he would die as well, like his brothers. After some time had passed, Judah's wife died. To comfort himself, he went up the nearby hills to his sheep shearers and his friend, Hira the Adullamite. When Tamar heard about this, she took off her widow's clothes, covered her body, and concealed herself with a veil. Then she sat down at the opening of the eyes on the road to Timnah. She had seen that Shelah was grown, but she had not yet been given to him in marriage. When Judah saw her, he thought she was a prostitute because she'd covered her face. He went over to her at the roadside. Please let me have sex with you here, he said. What will you give me in return, she asked. I will send you a young goat from my flock, he replied. Only if you give me a pledge now that I can keep until you send it, she insisted. What pledge should I give you? Judah asked her. Give me your signet ring, the cord it hangs on, and the staff that you carry, she said. So Judah gave her that pledge, and then had sex with her, and she became pregnant. Then she got up and went away, took off her veil, and put on her widow's clothes again. Judah sent the young goat to his friend Hira so that he could recover his pledge from the woman. 
but Hira could not find her. He asked the people from the local town, Where is the temple prostitute who was at the eyes by the roadside? There has not been a prostitute there, they said. So Hira returned to Judah and told him what had happened. Let her keep those things, said Judah, otherwise we will be shamed. I sent a young goat and you could not find her. About three months later, Judah was told, Tamar, your daughter-in-law, has been acting like a prostitute and is now pregnant. Bring her out, said Judah. Burn her to death. As she was brought out, she sent a message ahead to her father-in-law. It was the man who owned these who made me pregnant. Do you recognise whose signet, cord and staff they are? Judah acknowledged they were his. Her cause is more just than mine, he admitted, because I didn't give her my son, Shelah, and he didn't know her that way again. Meanwhile, Joseph became a successful man in the house of his Egyptian master. Potiphar could see that Joseph was a safe pair of hands, so he placed him over his household in charge of all he had. Potiphar trusted Joseph with everything and only concerned himself with the food he ate. Now Joseph... Joseph was smoking hot. And when his master's wife saw him, she pressed him to have sex with her. But he refused... My master has entrusted me with everything in this house. He has no concerns because I take care of it all. I am the greatest here and have everything that is his. With one exception. You, because you are his wife. So how could I do this evil thing and sin against the gods? She pestered him every day, but he would not even consent to escort her. One day, when he went into the house to do his work, and no other men were there, she grabbed his cloak. Have sex with me, she commanded. But he ran away, leaving his cloak in her hands. So she cried out to the other members of the household. Look, my husband has brought us a Hebrew to toy with us. He came in here to have sex with me, but when I cried out loudly, he ran away, leaving his cloak. She kept the cloak until his master returned and told him the same story. When Potiphar heard this, he was livid, so he threw Joseph in the king's prison, a form of house arrest. But Yahweh was with Joseph and made him a favourite of the head jailer. He was given charge of all the other prisoners and all prison policy. The head jailer trusted Joseph with everything because, with Yahweh, Joseph was a safe pair of hands.